Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Commercial Finance Products, Structure and Strategy. I'm Michael Primrose aka The Property Finance Guy. So in today's episode uh, and following on from my previous episode where I spoke about finding a good broker, um, I wanted to use this episode to talk about preparing for raising finance. So a lot of brokers will just put you onto a product they won't really worry about actually telling you what you need to get ready before you go for finance so i've done a lot of public speaking recently Uh, no doubt some of you have seen my talks Um, and i basically just wanted to share this because it's a talk that i've been doing quite a lot recently uh, and i thought you could find some value out of this so the first thing i wanted to talk about is actually preparing for that uh, finance race So the first thing you want to do is prepare a Dropbox, Google Drive, whichever file storage system you're using. Get all your documents in there. Get three months of bank statements, three months of wage slips, proof of ID, proof of address, portfolio schedule. Get it all in there. Make it readily available so that as soon as you go for a finance raise, it's there to forward onto the broker or lender or investor. So once you've got the Dropbox, Google Drive, whatever it is that you're using ready, uh, you also then need to start thinking about getting your team ready. So I'm going to go into a bit more detail about this in a minute, uh, but you need to get a team around you who can help you when going for lending. So you also want to get an investment pack ready. So this is a pack that shows the numbers, plans, CGIs, your returns on investment. This is a pack that you're going to send out to lenders and investors. So this is a pack that as soon as the broker asks for all this information, you just pick it over and it's ready to go. So you want to get all of that ready. So coming back to the professional team, so this team is also going to be part of your investment pack as well. So you always want to detail down who your solicitor is, what they've dealt with in the past, how big the firm is, how many members there are, and by members I mean solicitors, how many of them are readily available. Um, You want to mention who your contractor is. Um, I'd also talk through, when talking about your contractor, what projects have they done in the past. So... One of the big things about a contractor is that the lender is looking at them rather than you most of the time when you're going for things like development finance. So keep in mind that they're going to be looking at that contractor's previous projects. So make sure you go through all the numbers, make sure that the lender is aware of what this contractor has done in the past because the contractor is going to be the one laying the bricks on the site, not you. Same goes for your project manager as well. So you can almost piggyback off of the experience of the contractor and project manager. As well as that, you want to mention who your mentor is, if you have one. Um, I'd say a mentor is invaluable because they actually bring the rest of that team with them normally. Um, As well as if they are a good mentor, they've been through the trials that you're going through. They've made mistakes. You can learn from those mistakes. You need to get one on board if you haven't already. You also need to think about getting a good finance broker. Obviously, get them in the pack as well. Show what they've done for you. And a good accountant as well. An accountant can be invaluable. Uh, for obvious reasons. I'd always recommend going for an accountant who's a property-based accountant. There's nothing worse than going to an accountant who doesn't understand property uh, because a lot of what you are doing requires someone who understands property. Uh, So keep that in mind as well. So what you want to do is you want to brag about this team. The lenders want to know all about your team. They want to know their previous experience. Uh, They want to know what projects they've dealt with. They want to know the numbers to back it up as well. Now, from your point of view, you don't want to be listing your previous jobs, for example. Um, This is a real thing. Someone 
actually sent me over a CV uh, where they listed Burger King on there. Now, if you're going for one, two, three million pounds of development finance and you've listed on a CV that you used to work at Burger King, it's not relevant for what you're doing. So keep the information on you relative and informative because the lender, a lot of these lenders are receiving 20, 30 deals a day. They want to be able to look at it and go, yeah, okay, they've got the relevant experience. Their team's got the relevant experience. We believe that they can deliver this. They want to just be able to look at that and understand it straight away. Now, that also comes on to knowing your numbers. This is a huge one. Um, And actually, I'm going to release a separate podcast around knowledge, uh, which should be out now. Um, So if you're listening to this one, be sure to jump onto that one next. Now, from the knowledge perspective, you need to know your numbers inside out. Lenders have huge, vast amount of experience and in-house teams. So most lenders will have an in-house QS. They will have asset managers. They have people that know what a property is worth, what a property costs to build. They know their stuff. So if you're trying to blag your numbers, it's never going to get anywhere. So make sure you know your numbers inside out. Make sure that someone has been over your numbers um, and make sure that you've spoken to contractors, possibly tendered it out. Now, if you're pre-tender stage, sending indicative numbers over to a lender isn't the end of the world because they'll look at a number and go, okay, that's the approximate build cost, but we understand once it's been for tender that it's going to change. Just make sure that if you're sending it over to a broker that the broker is aware that you are pre-tender. So just a couple of hints and tips uh, as well on on this, uh, just to finish off the episode. So start small. Be reasonable with the size of your first scheme. Don't try and convert an office building into 100 flats if you haven't even put up a shelf before because the lender's just going to laugh you out of the room. It doesn't matter how big your contractor is. doesn't matter how big your project manager is. If you start off too big, you just won't get anywhere. Make sure you use those around you as well. Because property brings with it probably one of the most supportive networks. Now, not everyone in property is supportive. You've you've got the occasional person who just, no matter what, is always going to be unsupportive. But the vast majority of the property networks are supportive. So use people around you to sense check your numbers, your developments, your flip, whatever it is you're looking to do. Because no matter where you go, if you go to a networking event, you're going to be surrounded by solicitors, project managers, contractors, um, QSs, monitoring surveyors. There's going to be all sorts of people in the room who could take a look at your numbers and let you know pretty quickly whether or not you're on the right track. And that also jumps on to uh, another tip, which is experience. If you haven't got experience and you're struggling to get the finance, think about finding a JV partner. Maybe someone with more experience than you. Um, Maybe consider doing a JV with the contractor. Bring someone in who's got that experience that plugs that gap. So hopefully you found this episode uh, useful. Uh, This is probably the second one in in just a little mini-series of uh, just hints and tips as to how you can sort of make yourself more effective moving forward. Uh, If you haven't listened to the episode about finding a good broker, make sure you jump on and have a listen to that. Uh, But otherwise, thank you very much for listening.